0: Well, hello and welcome back to the Masterbooks podcast. I hope that you have enjoyed the Pro Bible Science Summit that we've had in the last few weeks. I thought it was amazing. And I have a bit of news for you. Our podcast is going to every other week. But today, I can't wait to tell you about our guest. We have Angela O'Dell with us. Angela is the author of three of our series at Masterbooks. She is the author of Math Lessons for a Living Education, America's Story, and the World's Story. And today she's joining us for a very special podcast episode on the history and the impact of Holy Week. This episode is going to help prepare your hearts for celebration of the Lord's resurrection and our salvation in Christ. And it will also help you as a homeschool parent to teach the history and the biblical background of this one week that changed everything for the world for everyone so stay tuned welcome to the masterbooks podcast where we bring you conversations that will strengthen your biblical worldview and the faith of your family i'm jennifer white publicist at masterbooks a division of New Leaf publishing group as host of this show i'll be opening the doors to the masterbooks family library of books authors and curriculum for over 45 years our company has been about one thing ink on paper, to touch eternity. In a world increasingly at war with God, we are publishing to partner with you to disciple your family, the church, and the nations. Well, Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here again. It's always great to have you on the show. You are so popular in the Masterbooks family of homeschool People, they love your series. I'm so impressed about how your many of your series were voted top ranked in the industry in the last year. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And thanks for joining us today to celebrate <clears throat> Holy Week. We are excited for you to give us more knowledge and insight on the historical and biblical aspects of this one climax of all human history. That is a huge A huge thing to say about Holy Week. And there's so many people that would take issue with Jesus dying on the cross being the climax of all human history. But we know it's true because we trust the Bible. And so I'm excited for you to teach us about this today and teach us in a way that we can also share it with our families. So, what year in our history did Holy Week take place? And then tell us, do you cover that in? one of your books?
1: Yes, I do. And that is a great question, Jennifer. Holy Week is um, the week that we celebrate. It's between uh, what we call Palm Sunday, which is in remembrance of when Jesus came into Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And the people greeted him with shouts of Hosanna, and they laid the palm branches down for him. So it's between that and Easter Sunday, which is the, the Sunday that we celebrate his resurrection, the empty tomb and all of those implications in our lives. Um, and yes, I do cover all of that in a uh, world story one, mm-hmm. the story of the ancients, which is as a side note, one of my, I, I think it's my, it's in my top three of my favorite okay. books, just because I learned so much, um, in the researching for this book, it was absolutely ph- phenomenal and so faith building for myself. So yes, I, um, It's all in that book.
0: (laughs) Okay, so grab your, it's volume one, right? Volume one of the world story to get Mm -hmm. more details about Holy Week and what year in our history that it happened. So how in the world is Holy Week, the climax of all human history? I know those people who are listening, they love the Bible already, so they know, but we just want to restate it because it's so Mm -hmm. powerful when we speak the word, when we speak the truth, and when Absolutely. we hear it, it brings forth more faith. So we definitely want to talk about it. Exactly,
1: and this week is is such a great week to actually take some intentional time to revisit the topic. Um, mm-hmm. The entire, um, what I call the meta narrative of the of the Word of God, which is just the the big picture, is it's centered around the theme of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. It's that's the big picture, and it's also um, the theme of a of all of the smaller stories that make up that bigger story. So all the way back in in Genesis three, we read the promise that uh, there would come an offspring of Eve who would bruise or crush the serpent's head, right? Mm -hmm. This is right after the fall. This is the conversation that God has in the garden before he shoes them out and puts an angel to guard the the, the entrance of the garden so they wouldn't come back in and, and eat from the tree that would cause them to live forever. Um, so that promise <clears throat> of redemption to come was built on throughout the Old Testament as God uh, formed his chosen people from whom he would uh, bring his son, Jesus, the Redeemer. So Holy Week is the climax because everything up to that point was leading to that moment in history um, when order would be brought back from the chaos that sin had brought into the world. The separation from God um, would no longer have the final word. And I love it where it says, while we were still sinners, Jesus came and he conquered sin. And he is like I tell the kids in my own podcast, he's the king who won the war, Mm. won the war. And he created a way for us to be restored to the father. So, of course, that's the climax of history. It was being talked about and prophesied about all the way up into that. And it's also the climax because everything after that point has is leading to the return, the triumphant return Mm -hmm. of Jesus, who is going to come back and vanquish Satan forever and set up his kingdom, his eternal kingdom. Yes. So that is a really good reason that it would be the climax of history. And, you know, just as a side note, even secular historians who don't believe that that Jesus is the son of God. Um, if you think about it, our calendar and all of that, it's all set up centered around Jesus.
0: Right. So Yeah, that's an important thing to remember that even though people don't believe it today, that there are so many people who don't believe it today, it was such a big deal then that everything changed. Time itself changed. The calendar itself changed. Everything changed. And I'm just amazed by what (laughs) he did for us before Mm -hmm. we were born and before we sinned. Because God knew we would be born and he knew we would sin and he knew we would need a savior because he has the alpha and the omega. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what we need. He's a good father. And I love that you brought out those four events. And tell them to us one more time? What was that? The four events in oh, history.
1: Yes, the themes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So creation, He, you know, Genesis 1 and 2, that creation. And then there was the fall and then there's redemption. And then there's restoration. So we're really waiting for that. We have restoration in the sense of that we have the ability to go to God. Jesus created a way for us to go into the very throne room of God. Mm -hmm. So I want the listeners just to think about that for just a moment. We, as humans, as frail humans, have the ability to go right into the throne room of God.
0: Right. Isn't that just incredible? It is incredible. And two things come to mind about that. One, we would never get to go into the Oval Office nope. to meet with the president, nope. whomever nope. the president was, whatever year it was in history. Yep. We would not have that invitation unless the Lord ordained it and we were super special. Right. But God made a way through Jesus to hide us in Christ. We are hidden in the cleft of the rock like Moses was mm. so that when God passed by he wouldn't be killed. Exactly. By the power of God. So Exactly. We Jesus made a a way for us to be hidden in him in his perfection so we could come in to that throne room and ask for what we need to build the kingdom and to be um alive in this time to be awake in this time to the gospel to be agents of Christ here on this earth and of the good news in the great commission.
1: Exactly. And, you know, it also gives us an opportunity to, like I said, go into that throne room of God, but it also gives us the opportunity to really um, have communion with the one who created us, who is the only one who can show us who we really are in him. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that, Christians everywhere would be more um, effective in, in uh, bringing change to a culture if we ourselves could be gripped by the greatness of God. If we could be gripped by the greatness of God, if we could just see and put aside all of the things that distract us and just focus on what how great God is and how how amazing it is. God, the son actually sacrificed himself for us. That is, I've always said, told my kids, no matter how big a problem is, the cross is always bigger. It's always bigger.
0: That's so good. That's so good. I love it. Yeah, it's such a big story, but it can be boiled down to such simple words. And I loved last night that, um, well, (laughs) as we're recording this today, um, the the Pro-Bible Science Summit was last night. And um, Kristen, in the afternoon with Randy, had this great conversation. Go back and watch the Joshua Declaration um, Mm -hmm. from the Pro-Bible Science Summit. Kristen talked about how we go outside and we just experience life the creator, all that he can do. And as we study science, we get to witness the power of God. We get to know God and his bigness through his creation. And if we can see that the world is still held together, it's Absolutely. not stopped spinning. The sun's mm-hmm. not stopped rising. The moon's not stopped coming up. All those things are still the same. Then that same God is present today in your life and in your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that is because of Jesus, because he made a way for us. Oh, I could talk about this forever. Oh, me too. <laughs> I'm so glad that we get to do it together today. So <clears throat> tell us, when did the Passover start according to biblical history? And then tell us about the importance of prophecy from the Old Testament and how it relates to Holy Week.
1: Okay. The Passover is um, is one of those topics that we could really talk about all day. Um mm-hmm. It's absolutely fascinating. Uh, the first Passover, just in a nutshell, it happened right after, um, right before, I should say, God led the Israelites, the descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, out of Egypt after 430 years of slavery. 430 years. Think about that in comparison to how long our country, our nation, has been officially a nation. Mm. It's It blows your mind to think about how long those people were in slavery. Um, but God had systematically, uh, brought destruction to the land of Mm -hmm. Egypt by hitting them with plagues. And that's also something that I talk about in this book where I actually, there's actually a chart where it goes through the plagues and how Mm -hmm. God used them to destroy specific, uh, false gods of Egypt. And it's really a fascinating, um, discovery in that there's so much order and, and organization and everything that God does. So mm-hmm. God had destroyed, systematically destroyed Egypt by um, hitting them with all these plagues. Everything from uh, making the Nile River, which is the 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 lifeblood, literally, of that civilization. He literally turns it into blood. Mm-hmm. And um, he sends gnats and flies and biting insects to just torment them. Mm-hmm. Now... We know how that feels in Minnesota with the mosquitoes.
0: Oh, here in Louisiana too.
1: mm -hmm, I can imagine. So, yep, that was just a dreadful, dreadful plague. And um, every time a plague would come, Pharaoh would say, oh my, stop, go away, leave me alone. And then the plague would stop and God would harden his heart again. So finally... The 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 final plague, which was by far the worst, um, was coming, and and so God knew what he was going to be do, what he was going to be doing to the Egyptians, and he gave his children, his chosen people, an out. What did he do? He told them go find a lamb, a perfect, spotless lamb, mm-hmm. and um, kill it, and use the meat for a special, um, a special meal, and then use the blood to paint your door frame. Now to just a casual listener, that sounds really kind of gross, really, (laughs) let's be honest, you know, let's go find a perfect little lamb and kill it and eat that meat. And paint its blood on our doorstep. Uh, our yeah, doorstep. very simple. So. Just somebody imagined you doing that today. That your your neighbors would think you were insane, right? Mm-hmm. But there was a reason for it. Besides all the symbolism, I mean, Jesus, the 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 lamb of God, right? And the blood that kept um the Israelites from being affected by this, this plague. Jesus' blood on the cross. It was it's just so full of symbolism. But back At that time, they didn't know that symbolism was what it was going to be. So they just needed to be obedient. And they so they went and they found this lamb and they made this this meal and they gathered all their their family inside the house and they painted the blood on on the doorframe. And then God sent this angel of death through the land. And all of the firstborn who lived in the houses without the blood, they all died, including Pharaoh's oldest. They're his first, firstborn. So um, this definitely caused Pharaoh to finally let it go and let the people go. And from then on, the Passover was an observance of that, um, deliverance. And it was carried on throughout the centuries afterwards, and the Israelites would do this as as a solemn um, feast of remembrance, and they had very specific days that they would they would do all of these things in remembrance. So he would do these things, in, um he would he told the children of Israel to do these things in remembrance of that. So the prophet Isaiah. <laughs> spoke about the coming of the Messiah. And he he said that um, he would be as a lamb led to the slaughter. And that is exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened during Holy Week. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you just have to sit with that a minute.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, goodness. Well... Let's just pause and thank Jesus for choosing that life and death for us. We are we are alive because of that. We have life eternal because of that.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. And his you, deliverance from sin. Yes. So which specific events during the week are crucial to understanding the big picture of Jesus' death and resurrection?
1: Well, um, like I said earlier, the the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem, um, Mm -hmm. that's the day we call Palm Sunday. That was actually the day before the Jewish people were to choose their spotless lamb for Passover.
0: Okay. So he came in to to be chosen as the spotless lamb.
1: Yep. So as they're doing their their um, rituals of Passover that they've been doing for centuries. They're remembering what God did for them when they were slaves in Egypt, Mm -hmm. their ancestors. And you have to remember that at this specific time, the Jewish people had been in and out of slavery and conquest. And even at the time of Christ, they weren't ruling themselves. They were being ruled by the Romans. So, but they were allowed to continue their festivals and their um, their rituals and their observances of their religion. So they were, that was the day before the Passover lambs were to be chosen is when Jesus came in. Um, and then on the day that we call Monday, Thursday is mm-hmm. the day before the <clears> Friday, <throat> Jesus and his disciples observed the, the Passover meal in the upper room. Of the house where they were staying. And it was the first communion and it was the last Passover meal before the Lamb of God was mm-hmm. sacrificed for the sins of the world. And it was also during Holy Week, um, the week that Christ was in Jerusalem, um, that Judas betrayed him. That happened on Wednesday, um, which was the day before the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, As I was thinking about um, what to share on this podcast, I was thinking about the fact that we could fill this with historical facts, which we're giving a kind of a framework to to kind of build around. But I don't want to fill it with just the historical facts. Um, I want to also point out the fact that Jesus um, wasn't in the dark about what was going on. He knew exactly why he was here. He knew exactly why it was important him to important for him to go to Jerusalem. He knew that he was ending um, the the time on earth here. He was getting near to that end. And he knew that he was going to be facing just unimaginable pain and torture. Mm-hmm. Um, he also knew who had betrayed him. And he was, um, he was faced with that choice right up to the end. Do I let this this cup pass me by? do I or do I do the will of god? and and in doing that, he chose to love the one who had betrayed him. It says in in John thirteen that he he knelt and he washed his disciples' feet and 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 Judas was there mm-hmm. He was there. And so, in the face of betrayal and persecution, Jesus loved, and, Absolutely. and I just love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when when he was arrested, and the um, and Peter got so angry, I see myself in Peter so much. I I really do. <laughs> um, when Peter slices off the soldier's ear, mm-hmm. and Jesus is like, no, he heals the man's ear, and he's like, those who live by the sword die by the sword. Put that away, you know. God's mm-hmm. will is is going to be fulfilled in this. So, um, Jesus's life, including his last week here is a pattern for us, for our lives. And his, his example is always relevant, no matter what culture, Mm -hmm. no matter what century we live in. Right. Right. Um, and like I said, I tend to be like Peter. I'm I would be the one that Jesus would be saying, get behind me, Satan, you know. <laughs> because I just I wanna I wanna change things, I wanna force things to happen, but that's just not the way that Jesus did it. And it right. was it was a strong truth and love. And of course, as we know, truth and love have to go together because without truth, love is not love. And mm-hmm. without love, truth is not truth. So it has to go right. together. Right. And that's what we see in the, in the person of Jesus.
0: And Galatians tells us our faith works by love. And so our faith in Jesus Christ is useless unless it is absolutely acted out in love. And that's what we see Jesus doing, even with the one who betrayed him. Exactly. <clears throat> he had preached about it in the Sermon on the Mount to love your enemies, bless mm-hmm. those who curse you, yeah. despitefully use you. And so that's, he modeled it for us so that we know it is possible. And it is a life of a beautiful life of freedom in our hearts to be able to do that. And I'm so thankful for the healing that, um, that brings, he demonstrated forgiveness on the cross. And so that's, that's what we're called to do live that life. He died to give us the life of forgiveness. So my last question is, why is it so important for us to understand the death, the type of death Jesus suffered on our behalf? Yeah.
1: Well, in in a nutshell, Jesus died a the death of a criminal, and not just any criminal, but the the type of death that he he um suffered through was was a crucifixion. It was a Roman crucifixion. And it, it was really quite simply for um, people who had no rights. The very lowest of low are the ones that were crucified. And they were it was done in such a way to to serve as an example for Mm -hmm. others. Like, don't do that because that could that could be how you end up, right? You know, to deter other people from doing mm-hmm. that crime. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, Holy Week is an excellent time to really focus on the reality of what Christ went through for us, and and the historical evidence for Christ's crucifixion and resurrection is so strong that even secular historians can't argue with it. So. Um, if you think about this absolute torture that Jesus submitted himself to, he allowed himself to be nailed to that cross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He didn't have mm-hmm. to be, um, he could have called on the army of angels to come and rescue yes, him and they would have been there right there, right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, he allowed himself to be pierced mm-hmm. by that, by that spear. Mm-hmm he allowed himself he allowed that body to be laid in a grave he allowed that and john uh, 13 explains why in verse 3 i actually wrote this down let's see um verse 3 says jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from god and would return to god isn't that amazing He knew he was the Passover lamb for the world. He knew Mm -hmm. that through his death and resurrection, he was creating a way for that shattered relationship between the creator and the created Mm -hmm. to have renewed communion. He is the redeemer. And when Jesus rose again, he appeared to multiple people at different times. And that was for a reason. It was so that nobody could dispute that he had arisen. If he had just a, appeared to uh, maybe like four or five of his disciples at one time, people could say, well, of course they're going to say that. He, they're his followers. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He appeared to multiple people in multiple um, locations at multiple times in multiple uh, ways. Mm -hmm. didn't realized who he was and some didn't until he started talking and they're like, Whoa, what? Mm -hmm. You know, So, because of that and because it was seen by so many eyewitnesses and it was, and it was recorded by so many people, even um, secular historians have a hard time arguing with it.
0: Wow. I love that. And I love that. Um, You know, we at Master Books have the opportunity, um, choose to publish books that impact eternity. And so we have so many, including your series, America's Story and World Story, so many um, resources to help families know history as it truly was, biblical history, how it lines up with The world's history, not that biblical history isn't the world's history, but people would like to say that there's a disparity, but we have so many resources, including the Adams chart of history, so many timelines, so many ways to doc that are documented that these things happened and, and they are documented by so many people. And those documents were alive and recorded. And so I encourage you to, to Take advantage of those resources. Look through our apologetics, look through our biblical history resources and know that the Bible can be trusted, that what the Holy Week is in the Bible is true, Mm -hmm. that it is a true biblical event. We're so thankful for you, Angela, and the way that you write so that we know true history and we know the gospel and how they work together And I would love for you to take a moment here at the end of the podcast to pray over the Master Books family, specifically for um, understanding that wisdom and revelation, that spiritual knowledge and insight for people to understand the gospel, understand Holy Week and how it applies to them, how it truly is the ultimate climax of history.
1: I'd be happy to. Lord Jesus, our Passover lamb, thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to speak to the families, the Masterbooks families, the ones who are not quite yet Masterbooks families but are going to be. (laughs) Lord, you promised us in um, James 1, 5 through 8 that if we ask for wisdom, that you will give it to us without criticism, without begrudging. Lord, we ask you for wisdom. We live in terrifying times, such scary, scary times for us as we look at it from our point of view. But Lord, we know, that you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, that you see human history not as history of all times, but you see it from beginning to end, that you exist outside of our time, our concept of time, that you are the creator of that concept of time, that you created it for us, but you are definitely not bound by it. Lord, I ask you, to give special comfort, wisdom, guidance to everyone who hears me praying. Lord, you have called us to raise these children that you have given us for just such a short time. Help us to remember that you are not You are not afraid, you are not shocked by what is going on in the world today. And during this Holy Week this year, I ask you to help us to keep our eyes on you, to keep in the front of our mind a remembrance of what Jesus did, to not only fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament but to be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords in every one of our hearts and our lives. We thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory. We are your humble servants. In Jesus name.
0: Amen. 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 What a powerful prayer. Thank you so much. Angela for joining the podcast, for praying over us that, you know, the Lord, that word will not return void. The Lord has heard your prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that we are moving the podcast to every other week. So we'll see you back in a couple of weeks on Mondays as usual. Thanks again for being here. Bye bye. Hey, thanks for joining the Masterbooks podcast. This was fun and we are really glad you were with us we invite you to check out masterbooks.com. We have a big library of books that will feed the faith of your family. And hey, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.